Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed Local Provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. Security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIP. Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house and giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to complex problems. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner and investment advisor with over 20 years of experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey local provider. I also have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 20 years. And I'm Gordon Leppard, financial advisor with Richard Young Associates. Great to be here today, guys. Yes, yeah. it is. Yes, right it after is. Christmas. That's right. That's yeah. right. Happy Day holidays here. to everybody. Yeah. That's right, everybody. Had a good holiday, I'm sure, and uh, you know, here we are uh, heading up to the new year here, so yeah, we got lots right. of good topics to talk about as we're winding down the year and preparing for for another great year. Um, but we're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly radio sh- uh, show. We are here every Saturday like today from 9 to 10 a.m. You can also go to our website, moneymd.net. We have a link in the top right-hand corner that you can click on. You can stream us uh, for the comforts of your kitchen. I guess most people are kind of hanging out this morning, you know, kind of taking the uh, the glow of the Christmas season and uh, probably looking at all the wrapping paper everywhere. That so. and the warmth of the Christmas season. That's right. Very, very warm out there. You can also go to our podcast on the website. We have a place that you can uh, link in to past shows. If you happen to miss us for some reason, we can uh, we can you can listen to the Money Doctors anytime. Anytime, anytime during the week. week. No excuse. Maybe no New Year's excuse. Eve, you're kind of bored and you're not sure what to do. Just pop us in. You know, Just listen to us. <laughs> That's right. Right off our website Dial there. Or you can also pull us up on your smartphone. Um, we're on iTunes. and uh, So there's lots of ways to listen to the Money Doctors. Also, email us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us directly at info at moneymd.net. Or you can link to us there on our website, moneymd.net. Well, guys, I think we have a great show lined up for today. Um, a lot of interesting stuff here as the year is winding down. You know, we're going to start off here talking about the year-end year in tax tips. That's right. right. Some some tips to consider. A uh, couple days left. Still make some of these changes if uh, if you have time. And get a few things in order before uh, December 31st deadline. Yeah, a couple days. That's right. Absolutely. You want to make sure you don't miss some of the big opportunities here with taxes because uh, – You know, there's no do-overs for taxes. And then uh, we're also going to talk about retirement regrets to avoid. You know, if you're heading into retirement here, you're maybe you're in the home stretch the last 10 years. We have some of the major regrets that retirees tell us and have told other people here um, through Bottom Line Personal uh, over the last, you know, recently, over many, many years, in fact. So you want to make sure these are regrets that you don't repeat, Mm-hmm. Um, in your particular situation. So tune in for that. It's a great topic. And then we're going to uh, close out the show with uh, an article from Dave Ramsey talking about the stock market and, and some of the truths that you don't normally hear. Um, I mean, investing, guys, as you know, is a roller coaster, and you have to have the right mindset to be successful at it. So Dave kind of puts a good perspective on it, and it's actually one of the guys that works for Dave. His name is Chris Hogan, and I'll introduce him a little bit as we go through this process. But a great topic, so make sure you stick around for that. Yeah, that'll be a good one. 
All right, but we're going to start off here, though, with the financial fact of the week. This comes from the Urban Institute. And, guys, we've talked about the um, some of the social programs. Great for most people, but there's a reason why they're in trouble. And this fact kind of sums it up. Um, in the average working couple in America that turns 65 years uh, in 2015 is projected to receive about $400,000 in Medicare benefits over their lifetime. That's more than three times the 141000 they paid in during their working years. So I don't know about you guys, but that math just doesn't add it's up. It's government math. It's government math. It does not balance. I mean, there's a reason why these programs are in trouble. And That's right. Uh, for you know politicians, as we go in this political season, I don't hear a lot of people talking about these social programs and the, the, the deficit and the debt loads that we have out there. I don't hear that, and it's uh, it's frustrating. Yeah, that's a lot of money, over $400,000 in benefits the average person receives. I mean, that's incredible. And to think they only paid in about a third of that is, uh, you know, it, it's it's a it's a big problem. Doesn't I add just, up. I just looked at the CBO estimate for our debt and our deficits going out for the next ten years here just this past week, and Medicare is one of the bigger things. That's the biggest part of that deficit going mm-hmm. forward. It gets bigger and bigger as more baby boomers are heading into retirement, hitting all these Medicare benefits. Unfortunately, these things are going to come to a head, and they're going to have no choice but to make drastic cuts in in programs and taxes and so forth. That's why you want to pay attention to these year-end tax tips. That's right. It's going to get worse, and so you want to take advantage of every opportunity you have. That's that's right. That's right. So obviously, we're talking about taxes. Always consult a CPA, right? I mean, we deal in taxes a lot, but make sure you consult you know, someone who does that for a living, and because uh, it's very complicated. Well, John, I was going to put my uh, my radio voice on and do the official disclaimer, but I think that about covers it. So, you know, <laughs> right. that, that's, that is a good point. Make sure you touch base with your tax advisor or CPA, uh, because what we're talking about here on these year-end tax tips, you know, they're not meant for legal advice, but uh, they they're just some things to consider. And make sure to uh, get the conversation started. So, you know, it, it's coming. Well, and we we don't mean Christmas time. You know, it's already coming gone, but tax time while while the deadline to file income taxes you know that's still f- over four months away uh now is the time to tie up any loose ends before december 31st uh, if you want to take advantage of certain tax breaks plus you know the sooner you get organized the sooner you get um get your taxes filed and any refunds in hand if you if you are getting any refunds there yeah you want to start getting organized now um if you haven't already because you know you can start getting all those 1099s here in just a couple weeks start they start piling in in january and you want to gather all that up make sure you keep all your business expenses your charitable contributions other uh potential deductions and opportunities and documentation all in a good, you know, single file. Make sure you have it well organized and you're ready to get going in January. That's kind of the first tip here is to start getting organized right now. Yeah, and if you've experienced a life change, like maybe starting a business, moving for a new job, buying a house, maybe you've had an expensive health crisis, um, you know, got married, had a baby. You know, there's a lot of different, you know, activities, life events that will cause some changes. So you need to be prepared for that. For an exa- As an example, uh, you know, to claim the, uh, a baby as a dependent, you'll need to apply for the child's Social Security number if you haven't already done that. So look at kind of your situation and what's changed, and that could trigger some things that you should be working on. That's right. And, if you, you know, if you have a complicated tax life uh, or have questions about your particular tax situation, this is a good time to set that meeting up with your accountant. Uh, Try to try to get in there before things get too busy because once they get rolling, 
especially I was speaking with a, a tax office manager the other day, and she said that it, it really hits full stride around February, uh, February mm-hmm. in between February and April fifteenth. Uh, so, you know, evaluate your uh, your situation, um, whether you're having deductions taken from your paycheck, or if you're self-employed and you pay quarterly uh, estimated taxes. You know, look at your income and expenses. And evaluate whether you're going to have to come up with a large sum of cash, you know, to make that payment. If things aren't looking good, you still have a couple of days, like we mentioned, uh, to increase your deductions before the end of the year. So we're going to cover a couple of tax moves that you might want to consider before December 31st. And, Steve, what could, what could we start with here? Yeah, well, the first one is the tax extenders. The good news is the tax extenders were passed here just just last week. Um, so there were about 50 tax breaks that were due to expire at the end of the year, and and they, they all were, were updated here. And, in fact, they made a couple of dozen of them permanent. Um, so that's the good news, things like in the enhanced child tax credit was made permanent, um, the opportunity tax credit uh, the earned income tax credit, um, I think the lifetime learning credit, some of those kind of things were made permanent here just last week. Um, yeah, I guess I guess permanent means that they don't have to look at it every year, but it could certainly change. Oh, yeah. right. I mean, that's, uh, nothing, it depends on the tax law, but it's not something that they have to. People have to guess next year. That's right. Nothing's permanent when it comes to taxes. <laughs> this is true. Got that right. Temporarily permanent. I think the only thing that's permanent is that there will be some. <laughs> right. That's right. That's, that's right. right. They will go up and they will be good. That's the only thing you can count on. But yeah, so some of these did change. But you know, things like they, they extended the uh, the hundred thousand uh, dollar direct donation from your IRA for those people who are 70 and a half. Um, So, I mean, there are things like that that they did extend this year. So if you still want to take advantage of that, you've got to do it right now here before the end of the year. You only have a couple few days here. So pay attention to the tax extenders. And that particular particular thing that you're talking about there, Steve, uh, is uh, about the $100,000 rollover to a charity or you know, some type of organization mm-hmm. like that. In fact, I had a, a charity mention that to me uh, not too long ago uh, that they were said, well, you know, if you know any uh, <laughs> anybody in that situation yeah. uh, that, that could do that, you know, definitely keep them in mind. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Another one here on the list is uh, opening and funding retirement accounts. I mean, if you're, you know, self-employed, you know, you're eligible for um, additional tax advantage retirement savings beyond your IRA. The simple IRA, you had to open it by October the 1st, but you can still open an individual uh, 401k, a Roth or a traditional, up until December 31st. So, you know, the contribution deadlines vary. When you're looking at Roth and traditional, you have to have it done by um, April the 15th for 2015. So, if your 401k or 403b is through your employer, your deadline for contributions is December 31st. So you're saving for your future, uh, and you're also saving on taxes at the same time. So you know you've got a couple days here to make some changes if you needed to, make some contributions, open some accounts um, that can help you on your taxes. So yeah, that's a good point. All right, well that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or you can give us a call during regular business hours at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back at this. Money, 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 money. 
Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Barber, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leopard, who is a financial advisor at Richard Young Associates, along with us. And we are continuing our discussion here before the break about tax tips for the end of the year here, guys. I mean, we're winding it down, and yeah. uh, you got a few days here, a week or so, to kind of polish up your 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 tax moves here before uh before we turn the page on the calendar that's right and if you you know have any last minute uh considerations you need to make sure you get those taken care of by december 31st uh, for the most part and again uh these are tax considerations if you need legal tax advice make sure that you uh, contact your cpa or tax advisor well we started with uh steve you know you touched on the the tax extenders uh over 50 tax extenders right around 50 of them were uh extended um right here at the beginning of the month Hmm. and um some of them were made permanent i think a dozen or so that you mentioned Mm -hmm. and so that's uh that's definitely going to play into it and then uh also making sure that you open and fund your retirement accounts um by the end of the year here to get things rolling and uh, one thing you also mentioned earlier getting into the third point steve was getting organized making sure that you get those materials together you know if you use paper this means gathering all those messy receipts that you have all over the place uh, and other paperwork making sure that you get it together if you use uh, an online app or computer software program like quicken or quickbooks make sure that you've got everything entered properly uh, this is also a good time to make sure that you review your categories and refine anything that needs uh, refining for next year um, the next point if uh, if you're in a situation where you're in a shared custody situation only one parent can take the deduction for a child uh, as a dependent or a claim uh, on the earned income tax credit. Talk with your ex and determine which option makes the most financial sense for you both. I'm sure this will be an easy decision to come to. Yeah, it'll be easy you conversation. Know? No, no problem. Uh, it shouldn't be <laughs> no, a problem. No yeah, problem. You, you take it. Honey, yeah. you won't mind if I take those <laughs> three right. deductions for kids. <laughs> That's right. But, but it can only go one way. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah everybody can't claim them. You're right. Yeah, well, hopefully you've, you've probably already figured that out. It's probably in the court document. But, yeah, let's uh, hope. But anyway, yeah, you definitely want to take care of that. Also, I mean, you may want to spend out your flexible spending account. You know, if you work for a company that has a flexible spending account as part of your benefits, um, th- that's money you either use it or lose it a every lot of year. Times, you're right. You know, right. so uh, it's not like an HSA account where you can carry it over. So you you want to spend that. Um, so just make sure, you know, if you have money left in it, you go to the eye doctor and, you know, stock up on eye supplies or contacts or something. There's lots of ways to spend it, but you don't want to wake up on January the 1st and remember, oh, darn, I left $300 in my flexible spending account. Yeah, yeah it's you, gone. You don't want to lose that money, that's for sure. Definitely. Uh, the next one, give to charity. This is uh, This is a good time of year to donate items you no longer need or to write that check that you've been wanting to write for the less fortunate. Uh, you're helping someone in need, and you're reaping the benefits of a tax deduction. Um, so be sure to keep records of your donation. It's also a good consideration to take a photograph of the goods that you uh, that you actually donate and put this with your list. Uh, that way, you kind of you know you've got a hard copy there, and um, if you don't itemize and list everything, then you, you do have something to refer to. Also, um, the next one, accelerated deductions or delayed income. Now, this is one I think that you might need to be careful on. Uh, Make your mortgage payment early. 
pay your property taxes, tuition, medical bills, or other deductible expenses now to increase this year's deductions unless you'd be better off financially deducting those uh, items next year. So remember, if you can make that payment now and use the deduction this year, do, but You've got to weigh that because if you use it this year, it's not going to be available next year. Yeah, so you got to have some some yeah, idea yeah. of what tax bracket right. you're going to be in compared to next year. And if you're if you're in a lower tax bracket next year, maybe you don't want to make your that's estimated right. south you know estimated state tax payment until that's right. January. So that's you what know? I'm saying. Definitely weigh that because if you use it this year, it's not available next year. Exactly. Yeah, so n- n- another one here on the list, which is good, is balance capital gains with losses. I mean, you got to look at your investments. You may have sold some stocks or other investments at a profit, and uh, if you're considering selling some at a loss, that can offset some of the gains. Um, you can also do something called tax-lost harvesting, which is where you're you're selling some losers, you're getting out of them, and you can carry over $3,000, or it actually can take up to $3,000 losses, which basically reduces your income. So if you're in a 25% tax bracket, that's you know 750 bucks that you and, can... And you can carry over anything that's unused. That's right. You can use in, it in, in the future. Indefinitely. That's right. So that's a good one. Another one here on the list is revisit your business structure. If you own a business, um, how your tax depends upon the corporate entity that you choose, whether you're a sole proprietorship, LLC, S-Corp, C-Corp. So again, you got to consult with your accountant uh, and maybe even your attorney as well when it's time to change the business structure. That's a pretty, I'm not sure you're going to be able to get that done in, in four days here, but it's something to certainly review and make sure you're comfortable with. Yeah, certainly. That's good. Yeah, also, I mean, if you're if you're taking if you're getting some benefit from the Affordable Care Act, you want to update your financials um, that pertain to that because you know if you estimated this year's income wrong when you applied for the HSA uh, the, the Affordable Care Act um, health care plan, you, you'll have to pay part of that back, um, part of that subsidy back if your income's more than four hundred percent of the the poverty level so um you just have to do the math you know see where you're going to fall where you fell this past year where you're going to fall next year um and then you know figure out whether you're going to be able to get that credit this coming year the penalty for not uh having insurance is now 325 dollars per adult or two percent of your income whichever is greater so that penalty for not having coverage is climbing. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's getting more significant. So you want to make sure that you have coverage somewhere. And uh, if it's through the HSA, uh, the Affordable Care Act, you want to make sure that you, you have your math uh, in order and know whether or not you qualify for that. That's right, because they're, they're not going to let you off the hook. They're going to come back and get their, yes, they will. Get their taxes due. Um, giving gifts from future estate. Uh, if you want to reduce the amount your heirs will face in taxes you can give them money uh, from your state while you're still alive you can give any number of people fourteen thousand dollars each that's twenty eight thousand per couple and pay no taxes on the money you can also pay educational and medical bills on their behalf as long as you pay the provider directly so you know remember in this you know obviously steve like you've talked about with estate taxes and stuff, this doesn't apply to everyone. Um, but for those that it might, you know, this this might be a little bit helpful. But remember, these are just a few things that you might want to consider while we finish the year here. And again, check back with your tax advisor and your CPA, and uh, make sure you've got everything in line. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's good. Good tips. All right, and that leads us up here to our question of the week. Yeah, this question has to do with, um, uh, it really comes down to cash flow planning. It says, my husband and I make over six figures together, uh, but we basically save nothing for retirement. What can we do to kickstart 
the new year off on the right foot. And uh, while that's a great income, um, you know, I would I would just say right out of the bat, I would go uh, to Dave Ramsey dot com and check out what he has. He has uh, financial peace university classes that go on. He has books. Um, you know, Susie Orman's another good resource. Obviously, the money doctors, you can reach out to us and talk to it. But you need to sit down and go consult a professional I and agree. talk with someone to get your house in order. Because making over six figures and having not save anything, um, you're wasting a great opportunity here. You sure are. I mean, you know, if you're making over six figures, you need to be fully funding a couple Roth IRAs, I mm-hmm. think. You know, yep. one for each of you. Um, that's going to be tax-free in retirement. I mean, what a great opportunity it is and, and you know, what a way to squander it is to, to have great income and not be able to peel that off. You can put up to $5,500 per person into that. I think the number is going to be the same next year. Um, and, and then over and then 6500 if you're over 50. Yeah, right. It's a great, great vehicle. Yeah, hopefully these folks. So that would be kind of my first retirement savings vehicle, I think I would suggest for them. But, of course, if they have a, a 401K plan, that includes a match or some kind of retirement plan that includes a match with their employer, you know, holy yeah. smokes, they got to make sure they get that match. Yeah, that's right. Make that's sure you get money. the match. Yeah, that's right. So that's step one. And then step two may be the Roth. You know, of course, you got to have an emergency fund. So it gets a little more complicated. You know, really, you have to look at the whole picture. Yeah. And my guess is, is, you know, kind of looking at the question and just dealing with people in this situation, they probably did not have a, a budget. Right, because That's the right. money is coming in, they feel good about the income, but everything's just going out without a name on it. That's you know? right. That's right. So, you know, I was thinking about this this morning, too. And when people, they think about retirement planning, uh, that doesn't start later on in life, but it's, it's uh, you know, it does start with the budget. Yes. You know, you got to so. have that as a basis. And, you know, uh, emergency funds, Dave Ramsey obviously talks about emergency funds as a basis. But, um, you know, I did meet with a couple a couple of weeks ago that were in a similar situation to this. Um, they didn't make quite this amount of money, but they just didn't have an idea of where their money was going. They said they were spending, like, $900 or $800 a month on eating out. And I'm like, well, as Dave would say, I always blame it on Dave, but I'd say Dave's telling would tell you that you're eating your retirement. <laughs> that's what well, it boils down to. That's so. exactly right. I sat down with a young man just this week and, uh, you know, I couldn't figure out, you know, why he had credit card debt and, and where his money was going because he made pretty good income for a single person. And, you know, we just went through one month of his uh, of his bank statement. And I went through very quickly and added up all of his all of his eating out, just eating out. Mm-hmm. And it came up to six hundred and twenty five dollars. Yeah, there you go. For eating out <laughs> I mean, wow. for one month. So there you go. You know, I mean, so you got to do a budget. I think Financial Peace University FPU class is a great place mm-hmm. to start to get on that right path to uh you know start saving and getting ready for retirement yeah so good tip all right that leads up to our break here but if you have questions you can email us at info at moneymd.net or you can give us a call during regular business hours richard young associates 706-739-0725 you're listening to money md we'll be right back after these messages and gmm news stay with us Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leopard, who is a financial advisor at Richard Young Associates, along with us. 
And we are going to uh, continue our uh, show here with a new topic, and that is the retirement regrets to avoid. Hmm. Um, you know, this is a great article. It comes out of Bottom Line Personal, uh, Jeff Yeager. And, you know, there are so many people. I mean, we've sat down with hundreds of people, guys, um, over the years that are, you know, enjoying retirement. And, unfortunately, they have a lot of regrets, though, you know, a lot of, a lot of ideas of things they would do differently. And so, yeah, enjoying retirement is certainly near the top of most people's wish list. But, you know, when we've sat down with people over the years, we've heard time and again – from retirees about how they wish they had done a few things differently. Um, And there's certainly nothing worse than planning for those golden years and the day you're going to kick back and enjoy life only to find out that you missed some of the most important opportunities related to retirement. The good news is that there's usually still time to fix a lot of those regrets, even if you're only a few years from retirement, you know, by simply heeding some of the advice by these folks that are already retired you can avoid a lot of the common mistakes and enjoy your retirement a lot more. So we're going to jump right into these. So. Yeah, I think the first one here on the list, guys, is is kind of surprising a little bit. You know, not retiring sooner because maybe they could afford to to do so. I mean, most of the retirees we sit down with are really enjoying the retirement. I mean, you know, when when we ask them if there's any regrets, they often say the only re- regret was not retiring sooner, so they could be you know freer and do things with family and so forth. So, and some go on to explain that once they've settled into retirement, they find that they can realistically they could have realistically afforded to retire earlier. So while under saving for retirement is scary and certainly a real possibility for a lot of folks out there, oversaving for retirement happens quite a bit also, in part because people don't plan, you know, thoroughly enough and, and keeping uh, they keep working due to lack of confidence. And part of that confidence we try to instill with them is, is just doing a budget, understand what your expenses are going to be when you do do retire. And that's where people say, well, yeah, I think I can live on that. That's foundational. Yeah, for that's sure. Right. Yeah, and I think that's it. I mean, certainly we see our share of people that don't save enough for retirement, but but we do see a lot of people that just keep on working, you know, past 65 and just own up in there just because they haven't planned and they're just not comfortable retiring. So they just put it off. And, and so, you know, not retiring sooner is one of the regrets you hear from those type people occasionally. And according to data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, we naturally do spend less than we than we did prior to retirement um, as we age and we get into retirement on all type of consumer goods and services, you know, with the exception of health care. Um, so if you do some retirement planning, you might find that you actually can retire earlier than you might think. The key is to plan early and to plan well. So that's a good one. The next regret here is not living life a little bit prior to retirement. This is my favorite. Yeah, I mean, many retirees, they express regrets about not traveling, pursuing their bucket list before retirement when they were healthier or not taking care of maybe parents. Um, You know, traveling becomes more difficult um, once you have some health issues or you have less physical stamina. Unfortunately, many retirees are forced to retire due to health issues or with them or their spouse, maybe, you know, which prohibits them from doing some of the things they want to do in retirement. Um, or they had planned to do retirement. So the tendency is to postpone the big trips or the expensive adventures until you retire and you have more time. But, of course, sometimes retirement doesn't work out as you planned, and your health may deteriorate or you find yourself caring for aging parents. So plan well and budget some fun before retirement. With proper planning, you know, a car payment or education payments when you're done with those, 
they can be diverted toward more memorable, you know, vacation each year um, to start working off that bucket list before you retire. So um, you never know how circumstances are going to work out in retirement, but you'll never regret living life early if it's backed up by good planning. Yeah, I like that. And that is good. Yeah. And, and that, that actually leads into the next one about um, not doing your homework. You know, many retirees, they admit uh, that they took the time to learn how some of the most basic features of retirement worked only after they were into retirement or, you know, right on the, the cusp of retirement. Um, they confess that the way they waited way too long uh, to learn the ins and outs of actually, you know, Social Security and Medicare, how, uh, how those work, what benefits they were entitled to receive under their pension, their retirement accounts and health plans. And, you know, other finer points of things such as long-term care and reverse mortgages. So, you know, don't wait too long to start brushing up on some of these topics. Yeah, absolutely. Consult the money doctors. That's right. Go do do some reading. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they give an, an example here, you know, of not doing their homework earlier it costs one retiree six thousand dollars a year in lost pension benefits because yeah because she could have started taking this pension a lot of years earlier um, while she was still working you know she said she'd looked into it only whenever she was actually ready to stop working and that was a big mistake because the pension stopped increasing years ago and she could have started drawing that pension you know before she stopped working so uh, you got to do your homework that's a good one Another one here on the list is not burying the hatchet sooner. Um, This has to do with relationships. You know, it's never too early to patch things up with family members or others whom you may have had a strained relationship with. But carrying that emotional baggage with you into retirement can really tarnish your, your, your retirement, you know, years later. Um, so not only will you have more time in retirement to sit around and, and brood about, you know, the unpleasant affairs or, you know, if that's how you choose to spend your time, but having close, supportive relationships with family and friends and a caring network that you can depend on can be a tremendous asset, particularly in retirement. So don't let past differences stand in the way of your relationships in retirement. Yeah, that's a good one here. Another one here on the list is not planning for uh, all that leisure time. I mean, if you're used to working full-time and and have few leisure time interests, filling all that with newfound time during retirement, it can be a real challenge. I mean, we hear this coming from folks that we work with. So, you know, retirees say that you should uh, cultivate hobbies, other activities before you retire so you're not overwhelmed by all of the additional free time that you have. And another thing that we see is if one spouse is used to being alone around the house and has primarily been responsible for managing the household, putting a second person in that situation, it can create stress in the relationship. We hear this uh, from folks sometimes and to the point where where one woman said, um, I want to get a job when my husband retired because having him around all the time drove me crazy. <laughs> so, well, hopefully, yeah. hopefully your marriage isn't like that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but you do have hobbies is good. Exactly. You got to know what you're planning to do with all that time, no doubt. So that's a good one. Um, also, not downsizing the house earlier. Um, you know, downsizing the household and your lifestyle by doing things such as moving into a smaller house or getting rid of unwanted items, maybe selling off a second car, that's a pretty common practice among retired folks. And once they've done it, many retirees say they wish they had done that years earlier, you know, long before they retired. Um, they say it's so liberating being free from all the extraneous stuff when retiree says here um so you know 
I just want to be, they'd say they just want to be done with it um, whenever they were 50. They wish they had gotten rid of some of that stuff years earlier, um, and they wish they had, uh, hadn't bought a lot of that stuff in the first place. So downsizing earlier can allow you to build your retirement nest egg much faster and also allow you to retire with less debt and, better yet, with no debt at all. So, yeah, that's another one. Well, and, and here's another one, too, I think that kind of correlates to the one John was talking about with leisure time not kicking a bad habit earlier. You know, now that you have more time on your hands, uh, that can prompt you to further indulge in any bad habits as well. Maybe the cocktail hour that some people are attending, uh, it starts earlier, and it it goes a lot longer uh, than it used to for some. Or, you know, the occasional trip to the racetrack becomes a, a daily gambling habit and, instead of, you know, occasionally going and throwing your money away. Uh, being relatively isolated at home and having more free time to indulge are among the chief reasons why substance abuse is actually on the rise in the elderly uh, population, and that's according to a study um, by Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. So that's definitely that's yeah. one thing that as younger um, siblings and sometimes children, you might need to keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting know, on some some folks. Yeah, it is, and that kind of goes with the last one here on the list, and that is you know not taking better care of your health. Um, you know, Mickey Mantle once said, you know, if I knew I was going to live this long, I'd have taken better care of myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, entering retirement in ill health can have dire consequences in terms of both quality of life and finances. I mean, maintaining optimal health in life, you know, and specifically going into to kind of training leading up to retirement, as one retiree put it. You know, truly can make retirement the best years of your life. But, you know, don't despair if your health is less than perfect. I mean, everybody has something, you know, when you get older. Um, but, you know, a number of retirees have said they can mark, they markedly improved their health once they retired simply by devoting more time to fitness and, you know, kicking the bad habits, as you mentioned, Gordon. So there are things you can do in retirement. So just, just make sure that you, uh, you know, getting the best health you can leading into retirement. All right, that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or you can give us a call at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leppard, who is a financial advisor at Richard, Richard Young Associates, along with us. And we are um, continuing our discussion here, kind of wrapping it up with um, retirement regrets to avoid. Um, yeah, guys, I mean, you know, there, there are a lot of things. We've sat down with hundreds of retirees over the years. And you will hear some consistent themes about things that they tend to regret. You know, they wish they had done different. And one of them, surprisingly, is not retiring sooner. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, for some folks that could have, if they had planned properly and been comfortable with it, they could have retired years earlier. They had plenty saved. So that was one. Um, Another one's not living life uh, a little bit prior to retirement. You know, not taking some of those big trips when they were healthier, before they were maybe caring for aging parents. 
Um, so that's another one, you know, just doing some budgeting and planning and taking some of those big trips and working on that bucket list earlier. And then another one's not doing homework, um, you know, to kind of know what benefits they had and, and being ready for retirement and uh, making some of those choices about, you know, medical benefits and maybe Social Security prior to retirement. And then other ones not bearing, bearing the hatchet sooner um, with uh, family members that you might have had some disagreements with just to kind of mend some relationships and, and be in good emotional health with your family when you retire. Um, downsizing the house earlier was another common theme that we heard. Um, you know, and then the last one here on the list was not drawing Social Security at the best time, you know, not doing some uh, planning and really making sure that you uh, that you know the optimal time to draw Social Security or maybe delaying it to age 70 because you actually get about 75% more in Social Security if you put it off to age 70 than if you drew it at 62. Mm-hmm. So it's something you need to plan for. You need to know when the best time to draw it is. And so, um, you know, that's the last one here on the list is 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 you want to make sure that you take it at the optimal time that works for your retirement plan. Um, so those are retirement regrets to avoid. Um, and that leads us up here to our prescription of the week. Yeah, this has to do with rebalancing. Guys, we talk about that periodically, but just rebalancing your investments. Have you done that lately? Now maybe maybe a good time to review. Um, sometimes people set up rebalancing schedules based on a time of the year, like year end. Sometimes they do it on percentages um, of targets for different asset classes. So something to look at. Um, you know, it could affect your taxes. So you got to make sure you understand that before you start you know, moving things around. But what we see is rebalancing is a reasonable way of of getting things back in balance. Maybe you have one segment that's done well and one that's underperformed. Take a little bit off the table, sell high, buy something that's low. Right. Yeah, it's a disciplined way to force you to sell a little bit of what's high and buy a little bit of what's low um, in your portfolio. It keeps you focused on the strategy. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Uh, That's very instrumental for your long-term success. So end of the year is a great time to do that, the beginning of the next year. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of turmoil in the market, so there's probably some great opportunities to rebalance your portfolio and get it back on track with the right allocation. So that's a good one. All right, that leads up to our last topic here, and that is riding the roller coaster of investments. Um, it's the truth you don't normally hear. So, uh, yeah, great article out of DaveRamsey.com. Yeah, this is. And this is actually written by Chris Hogan. I don't know if you guys know Chris or not. I've met him a couple of times. Great um, speaker. He is fantastic. He really is. Um, he is a, a partner with Dave. I mean, Dave is some point will will retire and, and uh, pass on. And so uh, Dave is raising up leaders in his organization. His daughter is one of them, and Chris Hogan is another one. And Chris just has a lot of passion um, about helping people. Um, really uh, has a, an amazing presence. If you've never heard him talk, he has the deepest voice I think I've ever heard before. He does. He, I mean, he, it, when I hear him talk or see him, it's like hearing a bear yeah. speak. You know? And he is just full of energy. So uh, really a great partner for, for Dave. And he's written a new book. Um, it's called Retire Inspired. It's not an age. It's a financial number. And it, those books will be uh, coming up here in January. We've actually ordered some um, as well. Awesome. So um, here's a, you know some of the things that he talks about um, when he thinks about the stock market. He thinks about roller coasters, the ups and the downs. It's never a flat picture. We talk about you know an average return of seven percent or you know eight percent or four percent. It's not that way every single day or every month. That's not a straight line. That's for sure. That's right. So the roller coasters is kind of what he thinks about. Yeah, you know, and and I've ridden, I think all of the great roller coasters in Orlando. I mean, there are some <laughs> incredible ones that we rode when yeah. my kids were younger. 
And, uh, you know, I mean, that is a great picture of the typical movement of the stock market. You know, you get on a roller coaster and you have all the hills and the drops that you have to be prepared for. And it's the same emotional ride that you get with the stock market, you know, where you're 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 kind of not expecting some of the turns and some of the twists, um, some of the drops that you have. um, And you get that in the stock market. So um, and you have to understand what you're getting into before you get locked into that seat, right? I mean, once the ride gets going, you can't get off. You can't you can't hit the stop button, and you don't want to try to step off in the middle of the ride. You know that wouldn't be a pretty sight. So I think that is a good analogy with the roller coaster. Yeah, it is. And um, you know, one of the things that you uh, you notice about roller coasters, if you if you hold on, you stay seated. I mean, you'll have a wild ride, but you'll end up safely where you want to be. So if you hold on and you see. You know, see the ride through to the end, you come out just fine. But if you jump off early, you're going to get hurt, you know, and that's, you know, that's true to investing as well. And uh, it's a great analogy. Well, the same is true, you know, with the market. When people start investing, a lot of times they're not emotionally prepared for the ups and downs uh, that we experience. If you're not prepared for that, you'll make one of the the biggest mistakes when it comes to investing, and and that's jumping out at the wrong time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we've seen people... And we've heard people talk about that all the time, you know. Uh, so you've got you've got to be ready for yeah. the ride that you're about to take. Yeah, and you've got to stay looking at the big picture. I mean, if you if you try to keep your eyes glued on each hill, the drops, the twists, then you know the turns in your investments, you'll stay in continual panic mode, and uh, you'll never be able to relax and leave your investments alone. But long term investing only does its magic if you leave your money untouched over a long period of time. Trying to time the market, I hate to say it, it's a fool's game. I mean, we see the results, we see the stats, we see the studies, and um, you you can't be successful with timing the market. It'll do you more harm than good. Yeah, and that's why you have to keep some big-picture perspective, you know. Um, you can make the market look a certain way if you zoom into one certain small section of it and those small sections can look, you know, scary when they're zoomed in, you know, just like they would on a roller coaster. But if you have the big picture, though, and you can see the market, you know, that it's moving through ups and downs, but over time it's moving up and you get the big picture, that's what you want to do with your investments and with the market in general. Yeah, so let's let's look at two historical ups and downs on the this market roller coaster in, in recent history. I mean, we zoom in uh, on early September 2001, uh, we'd see the market going up. Obviously, that changed dramatically on September the 11th when the, the markets experienced a major drop as a result of the terrorist attacks in New York and, and Washington and Pennsylvania. And when the markets reopened, I mean, investors panicked. Guys, they, they pulled their money out of the investments. I mean, obviously, every headline and lead story focused on how terrible the financial situation looked. Um, you know, investors weren't given much hope, and a lot of people made a lot of bad decisions. It was also coming right after the tech bubble or kind of in the middle of it you know so there's a lot of negative things going on in the um, and people were already sensitive to that sure you know at that time but here's something that you know a lot of people did not hear about in the press just two months after september 11th guess what happened guys the markets returned back to september 10 levels Mm -hmm. so you know they corrected themselves fairly quickly you know, from that time, so and you, you didn't hear a lot about that then. No, you didn't, and you didn't. And you, let's look at another one—a big, the big crash of 2008, right before the crash. Markets looked fairly strong. I mean, during the last quarter of 2008, though, the the markets took a serious nose nosedive, and it took a, a while for it to recover. 
Uh, but within a couple of years, the market was a lot better than it was before the crash. So, you know, if you had zoomed in only on that last quarter, the market looked terrible. And if you zoomed in only on the recovery, it looked amazing. So neither perspective gives you really the entire picture. I mean, you have to look at the whole thing. You know, this this is talking about looking at a 70-plus year history of the market. Um, you know, but um, when you do that, you know, what, what Dave's organization has found is that 100% of the 15-year periods in the market have made money invested in the S&P 500. So, you know, that's obviously you can't guarantee future performance, and we're not trying to do that. We're just looking back at history a little bit, drawing some conclusions, because you can draw some conclusions and make some decisions. So the big-picture view of the stock market shows that if you leave your money alone for a long period of time and you invest, you know, with the long term in mind, you'll come out ahead. But it's up to you. I mean, that's a hard part of this is you got to be disciplined um, to hold on, strap in, hang on, and not jump out of the roller coaster when it goes down. Um, and I think that's true with today's market. I would bet that if we're sitting here three years from now or five years from now, and we look back on today's market, you know, this will be a non-event. I mean, you know, we've had a couple of years here of flat markets. Um, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, when markets, they, they, they go up, they have a big year, they recover from these kinds of years, um, you know, this turns out to be a non-event, you mm-hmm. know. And so uh, you've got to step back, look at the big picture of your investments over time and recognize your long-term goals. And, you know, if you look at the big picture, you're probably going to find you're still on track for your long-term goals. So yep. don't make some rash decision based on the last year or two. Yep. That's good. So, all right. Good topic. Okay. Well, this has been this week's edition of Money MD. We hope you've had a very Merry Christmas and a blessed holiday season. Um, but tune in next Saturday in all of 2016 to listen to the Money Doctors here at 9 to 10 a.m. every week on uh, this station for more prescriptions for your financial health. Do check us on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call, um, Richard Young Associates, 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend and New Year's. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Ladies and gentlemen. Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed local provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. Yeah.